welcome to the Great Gundam Project. I'm Em. I'm Jackson. And this is episode eight. It's episode eight. If you hear hammering in the background of my thing, my recording, whatever, that is because there's hammering in the background of my living space and I can't stop it right now. So um, my apologies in advance. Uh, we could theoretically say that it was hammer time, but we won't do that because that'd be really bad, not funny at all. Uh, you know, it does not appear in these two episodes of Gundam Jackson, the Gundam Hammer. The it Gundam is Hammer not hammer no, time. Is, is quite uh, emphatically not hammer time. Also, uh, the Gundam Hammer, not a hammer. <laughs> uh, no, not even close. Have you watched any anime in the last week, Jackson? Uh, ab- I mean, I've played through a lot of Final Fantasy X, but no. <laughs> Nothing more anime. Nothing more anime. <laughs> Yuna's okay, wedding dress. It's a really good wedding dress for anime wedding dress. Uh, yeah, by the standards of anime wedding dresses, it is high on the list. Yeah, like I wouldn't, I, I, like I think it'd be really ugly on an actual human being, but on Yuna it looks fine. Yep. No, everyone is, everything in that game fashion-wise would look ugly on an actual human being. It's ludicrous. Yep. Uh, this is maybe getting ahead of ourselves in terms of recording, but did you also think about how painful it is for Kamari to slide down those metal poles on his bare feet? <laughs> yes, yes. While everyone was ratcheting and clanking. Yes. Ah, uh. we are recording our Final Fantasy Ten episode next Sunday. So if you want to send an email, just give you a heads up. You can send that to podcast.normalmapping.com, and we'll talk about Final Fantasy Ten at length. It'll, I'm very excited to do that episode. It's going to be a long conversation because that's a long game. Yep. We're here to talk about Gundam. I didn't actually watch any anime. I know I was watching uh, Little Witch Academia. I have not watched any more episodes of that. It's been a busy week. We are very busy at the moment. Expect nothing else to happen until both Ten and Star Trek are done. Uh, for me, it's mostly until Star Trek's over. Star Trek's uh, eating up a lot of the oxygen in the room. Boy, is it. Also, I had the... I get whatever. This is our Patreon podcast. I don't care. We I had like the panic moment this week where I was like, "Oh God, it's almost the end of the year." So I have now prepped all of the music on my end for the end of a year podcast and made my lists for our end of the year podcast. And I'm trying to beat the last couple games that I had to do that I wanted to get done for 2017, so I can just be free and clear. So that's where I'm at. I'm in like crunch mode for the thing that doesn't matter until December. <laughs> Uh, I, on the other hand, am barely scrambling to keep up with everything with the added schoolwork stuff that I'm bad at dealing with. It's just, oh, this is like the dichotomy of how we work with schedules happening right here at its most extreme. Not, yep. not, 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 not. Yeah, I know. I told you there's hammering. I can't stop it. It's We're fine. going to deal with it. No editing. Let's go. Yeah. All right. Let's get into our episodes of Gundam. <laughs> episode 15 of gundam uh we talked about this last episode this episode is not on the blu-rays or any of the releases in the west so you can find it on youtube i like linked it to our friend jen like in dms like you just search at uh, mostly gundam episode 15 you'll find a video of it it's fine uh, this episode is called kukuru doan's island it's about uh, his island yes while practicing mid-air Gundam docking, the white base receives a distress signal from nearby. Amuro takes the core fighter to investigate, discovering a plane that has been shot down and two wounded pilots are tied up in their seats. Their weapons have been taken. Amuro manages to save one of the pilots, but is attacked by a mysterious enemy throwing rocks and flaming branches at him. Firing into the brush, he pursues only to find out his assailants are children stranded on the island. Their war orphans being looked after by Kukuru's Doan, a Xeon pilot with a Zaku who's abandoned the war and taken up residence on the island to be a guardian to these orphans. 
Amuro tries to take on the Zaku in only the core fighter, but Doan takes down Amuro with a few well-placed stone throws, crashing the core fighter into the ocean and leaving Amuro to recuperate on the island with the orphans and Doan himself. Amuro confronts Doan, who is hidden in the core fighter somewhere on the island, and spends his time with Roland, a Greenhill girl his age, who is also part of the burgeoning village. She defends Doan's actions to Amuro, while Doan himself remembers orphaning those children himself during the war, and swearing afterwards to protect them. He's watching for Zeon as much as he is in the Federation, convinced any army that makes its way to this island will be looking for him and ready to wipe out, wipe out his village. Meanwhile, the White Base searches for Amuro. They discover Zeon forces headed to where Amuro has last been seen, and Ryu comes in the second core fighter to witness Amuro and Doan teaming up to fight a Zeon Zaku that has discovered the village. Doan Doan Zaku and the core fighter uh, easily take out the Zaku in his plane, and Amuro explains to Ryu that Doan is not an enemy. The white base rides in, Amuro switches the Gundam. Doan's skill in the Zaku is unmatched, and he's learned has he's had to learn hand-to-hand combat as he's ran out of bullets a long time ago. So he's able to take out all of the enemies single-handedly while explaining his history to Amuro. He is very good at multitasking. Amuro, realizing that the Zeon forces are being drawn here by the Zaku on the island, helps Doan by destroying the Zaku by throwing it into the ocean, freeing Doan from pursuit and allowing him to be the orphanage dad this island needs. Amuro salutes his new friends and leaves the island. The end. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good episode. I don't know why they they cut it off, because like, I guess the animation is clearly it's one of the cheaper episodes and it doesn't tie into any grander plot. But it's yeah. there's, a, there's an orphanage dad who says that he has learned mobile suit kung fu like it's phenomenal <laughs> yeah that other zaku comes up and he's like don't worry i've got this i know mobile suit uh i think he says mobile suit martial arts he but... does say mobile suit martial arts but when i think of someone who knows something <laughs> also relevant in only in the sense that next episode uh amro demonstrates that amro also knows mobile suit martial arts he does which we'll get to in episode 16. But yeah, this episode is like, like not a whole lot happens, but uh, like Amro just gets to spend some time like on a beach and in his underwear, like for an extensive period of this episode, Amro's just running around in boxers and a t-shirt. Yep. Uh, d- deep diving in said boxers, lying on a beach in said boxers, waking up and walking into a farm in said boxers. He does a lot of things wearing boxers. Uh, with its like standalone nature, uh, kind of disconnected from the world of the show uh, in terms of where it is, like, in a new place. Um, like, I know this doesn't exist in Gundam, but it feels like the equivalent of a Star Trek episode that was, like, done on a spec script. Like, just someone had, here's a Gundam story, and it exists. Uh, which yeah, is weird. That with, is, I'm yes. sure, I, I assume almost 100% this is not how anime is Ooh, no, no, But yeah, it does 100% feel that way. 100% isn't, but uh, it feels like that in a way that I yeah. found charming. Uh, yeah, like, not a whole lot happens, but, like, him being basically Yakuza 3 Cosmic Kiryu on this island is my favorite thing. The best, the best Kiryu. Yeah, just, uh, Doan just, like, being a farmer and being a dad. Like, he, the orphans are, like, as they basically try to attack Amro, and Amro tries to shoot them before he realizes they're orphans. Uh, like, they start arguing with Amro, and he's like, no, 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 what did I tell you? Don't get into hasty arguments. <laughs> like, he's just delivering these moral messages to these children whose parents he killed. Doan's a good guy. And also, he, like, emerges in the Zaku in the first fight, just, oh, hey, here's a huge Zaku, and the children run at it and start cheering, like, it's done! It's weird, because I I can't tell if it's just because, like, this is kind of, like, a not very well-animated episode, but his Zaku, is his Zaku different, or is it just badly animated? No, it's just a Zaku, without a gun. Okay, because without, like, the shield and the gun, like, there's something about it that feels very, like, slim and, like, old-fashioned compared to the Zakus we normally see. Uh, I think that's just because they're usually showing up against um, 
like up against the Gundams. You don't really see. Yeah. Like, it's not been since episode one really that we've had much uh, Zaku at like human scale. That's true. Uh, where they are much more imposing than they because they're basically cannon fodder at this point uh, to the Gundam. No. Uh okay, yes, but not. They're not like. They're not like. Amuro's not killing six of them in them an episode or anything. No, it's not like Dynasty Warriors Gundam over here. Yeah. I'm sure that it might get to that point, but it is not there yet. I bet not in this series. Oh, not in this series, no. I, I can tell you for a fact it does not get there in this series, but there are more Uncharted Gundam Seas for us to cross. <laughs> yes, Uncharted Gundam Seed. Seas, I said Seas. Okay, Thank you. I know. Uh, but yeah, no, like, there's not too much to say. Um... It's nice and chill. The the dad is very cool. Uh, Amaro being completely unable for like five minutes to understand, like, oh, but there has to be war. You enemy, me, the Amaro. Ah, ah, I am very traumatized. <laughs> you enemy, me, Amaro is the best thing you've ever said. On this podcast. Uh, it's basically his whole character after he got in that Gundam. Um, we talk every once in a while when new characters show up about a Gundam design. Roland is maybe the most Gundam ass lady to ever show up in a Gundam show. Holy shit! She she could only be more Gundam if she was the one named Iselina. Yes, with her like green hair and her hat, like she is just everything about the character design of this era in a single person that we I don't think we ever see again. I no, assume not. No, why would we? <laughs> yeah. But uh, it's it's great. Like it is just like some animator's OC that he put into this episode. Yeah, pretty much. It is a hundred percent that. You know, I don't have a whole lot else for this episode. I did want to mention that it opens with uh, them, like, trying to do the midair docking. And then when they get the distress signal, they have to undock the Gundam, which basically is the Gundam getting down on all fours, breaking apart. And then the, like, lower half shoots out the core fighter. And it's maybe the most upsetting thing that has happened on Gundam. The Gundam just, like, goes in the ORZ uh, text position yep. if you know, yes. yes and like exactly on it's, all, really it's called weird. being on all fours please log off jackson jesus christ <laughs> no i know it's called being on all fours but it's look that evokes a specific tone you shut your mouth i will not be owned <laughs> like this like i can't express fucking crouching without being online about it fuck you fuck you <laughs> And this person did the teabag motion as an exercise. That's how they got good core strength. Jackson's called a squat. Logging off of Gatsby's <laughs> podcast. It will not be treated like this. You know. But yeah, no, that's what happens. <laughs> it, that it does it? do that. It, there's like a weird Gundam body horror moment, and it's very strange. Uh, it's the Gundam being multiple parts is weird, especially with how much they like personify the Gundam. So when you remember, it's just like this weird machine that can split into multiple parts. Uh, Where it's actually a jet plane that sits inside the giant robot. It's still weird. It's still weird. It's still weird. It will remain weird. I don't want to. I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. But eventually, we'll come across shows where the Gundam just turns into a jet plane. Well, of course we will. I robots in disguise. Oh no. I don't, know what well. that, I don't know what that is. Okay, that's <laughs> no, fair. No, 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 I mean, head. yeah, it's 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 the seventies. You have no idea what that is. I don't know what it is either. That's true. No one had yet heard of Optimus Prime. Oh, I still wish I'd never heard of Optimus Prime. <laughs> well, we're talking about we're talking about <laughs> cursed knowledge now. We need to stop this and move on to the next episode. Secret history of Transformers. Shoot!
episode 16 is called Sailor Sorties. Uh, episode 16 is called Sailor's Agony. Sailor Sorties. Sailor's Agony. <laughs> um, I don't feel like she's that agonized in this episode. She becomes agonized, but not like I expected because of that title for the things like for different things to go down. Um, the I would time, argue that she is not actually that agonized straight up. She is uh, like oppressed. She is put in a situation of danger, but maybe agony is the wrong word. Let's read. Let's read the recap here. What happens in Sailor Sorties? <laughs> the white base attempts to make contact with Federation General Everell, but when they arrive at the meeting point, only a blinding desert storm is there to greet them. Eventually, someone drives up to the white base in nothing more than a jeep, succumbing to his wounds after giving them the call sign identifying him as their contact. His message, the white base must cross the Caspian Sea within five days and rendezvous with the main forces for Odessa Day, a joint attack on Makuve's mines. Makuve is a New Zealand general under Cassilia, who seems intent on keeping Rambaral and other higher-ups from seeing just what's going on at his mysterious mine that they're going to attack meanwhile the white base is out of salt chef tamura comes to bright and requests the white base divert course to a nearby lake to stock up on salt supplies when they arrive they find nothing but dirt and realize the lake moves slightly every year and the pre-war maps are old enough that the entire lake is migrated out of sight before they can correct course they are beset by ramba raw and his forces who engage in a pincer attack with the goof and tuzakus on one side and his wife Hamon, and the Zanzibar airship in the other. Before Amro can launch in the Gundam, Sela commandeers it to head out ahead of the white base forces and contact Zeon to ask after Shar. Amro rushes after her in the gun tank and provides support, narrowly saving the Gundam from capture. The Gundam loses half a foot to, uh, to Rambaral. A Zeon pilot, Kozun, grabs the Gundam and incapacitates it. Uh, she is saved by Amro in the gun cannon as he goes all kung fu on the Zaku and beats it to shit, and then they capture the pilot. Sela offers a sorry excuse for what she did to all of the friends on the white base and is given three days solitary confinement to set an example. On her way, she volunteers to take food into Kozen. In his cell, she asks after Shar and goes to her cell happy in the knowledge that her big brother is safe and sound away from the battle. The end. Yep. The first Gundam episode with, like, extreme... with anime cliche of girl uh sadly on bed going onichan over and over and over again so why now like it's not like we haven't run into xeon forces why'd she get in her head suddenly to go ask about char because we have specifically because we haven't seen char in ages yeah i guess i guess that's fair like since that battle in new york they like char's been gone so I like the assumption to me and the way it was played. I assume intentional is that okay, Shah hasn't been on their tail for ages. Did he die? Is he still alive? Mm. Uh, worth shouting out. I didn't uh, actually add it to the recap. They are currently flying over the Silk Road. Uh, they are in Asia, heading towards Europe. I guess they're heading towards Caspian Sea. Yep. yep. They've gone a long way. <laughs> I don't know why they didn't go in the other direction. Honestly, I assume I assume that that means Zeon controls like most of Western Europe. Oh, that'll make sense. Okay. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no. At some at some point later into the series, I will look at a map, but I'm not going to Google a map because you know. Yeah, no. Googling a map sounds like a bad decision. For sounds like a way to I get information that yep. I do not want currently until I have watched yep. most of the Universal Century stuff. Yep. 
but yeah, I feel like her agony is overblown and this feels like we needed a plot. And the plot is that she gets in the Gundam. What did she expect? That she was going to walk up to the Zeons and be like, hey, I'm the Gundam pilot. Please tell me where Char is. Yeah, she's like, oh, it's so much harder than it was in simulations. Oh, Sayla has, before this, been portrayed as, like, super on the ball, and this is very ridiculous. It's weird, because, yeah, she goes from basically the most mysterious and competent one in terms of being around war of the crew, to just being the most, like, oh, no, I am but woman in Gundam. Oh, no, I fall. Uh, it's yeah. very strange. I, I don't like it. No, no <laughs> I don't bad. want the anime tropes to show up. We're not watching Gundam Wing yet. Like, give me the good show. Yeah, no. There is there is time later for the anime to arrive wholesale. We are in the 70s. Calm down, people. Jackson. Yes. Jackson. Yes. We have a new ship in the show, and it is called the Zanzibar Airship. I know. I know. <laughs> uh, named, of course, after everybody's favorite land, Zanzibar. Land. <laughs> yes. I wasn't going to. I mean, I was really trying hard not to. <laughs> Sorry, but while I know that uh, you take a lot of grief from me, especially for being, like, the Metal Gear person, I just happen to think Zanzibar Land is the coolest thing you could call a place in the history of calling places things. Uh, well, like, Metal Gear is bad, generally, uh, even though I love it, but it names things, gives things often very cool names, and not a single name is as cool as Zanzibar Land. Yeah, no. Um, Named after. The, the, the problem is... Here's the dark secret on another tangent is I don't even think of Zanzibar land first when I think of Zanzibar because of who really? I am. No, no. What do you think of? I think of the map in Halo 3, Zanzibar. Uh, also named after Zanzibar. Owned, destroyed. <laughs> uh, two levels of me being trash. But no, the Zanzibar is great because uh, you get to see uh, Rumble Rowl in the Gulf and... Uh, uh, his wife. Does his wife have, have a name on screen yet, or did I miss it? Yes, like, uh, yes, Hammon, H A M O N. Because uh, the guy goes, Miss Hammon, I don't. I, should we get into an attack? And she's like, No, let's not. <laughs> <laughs> nah, we, there's something's classified. We'll be fine. It's fine. We'll do it later. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she's like, Makuve really wanted the mobile suits to do this, so we'll let them do it. Uh, so, um, seeing them working as a team is very cool. I love Rumble yeah. I'm glad that uh, he and his wife are just like a kind of like we're an attack team, but we don't really well, they don't have like the I'm going to destroy the Gundam for the honor of Zeon that fucking Gamma did, and, you know, got him no. destroyed very quickly. <laughs> Instead, uh, Rambaral hides in the sand dunes and fucks up the Gundam, and then is like, "This Gundam's lucky there's sand here to catch its fall, or it'd be fucked up." <laughs> it's uh, it's good, it's good because like, um. So Amara is like helping in the the gun cannons. I get the gun tank and gun kind of confused. The gun, yeah, the gun, the gun cannons are on the shoulders. The gun tank is the one that literally has treads okay. and requires two people. Uh, so he's in the gun cannon, which is a terrible name for a terrible robot. It's the worst robot in the show. No, what are you talking about? It is the best because it is the most like prototypey ass like hinky robot mobile suit in the entire show. <laughs> like nothing looks as bad as the gun cannon, and that makes the gun cannon awesome because so far it's been like, oh, it's like the little brother mobile suit that shows up and helps the Gundam sometimes, and they don't really do anything. But you know, it's there. It's cool, I guess. When Amuro pilots it, it becomes awesome. 
Okay. I mean, I, I can see that. I still like, think the gun like kind of he shows up. Boring. He shows up in the one that is like the lesser thing. And he takes out those Zaku and beats one of them up with his bare hands, like mobile suit martial arts style, as he learned from <laughs> Doan. Yes. Uh, and he's just like incredibly good at using it. And it becomes like a really neat thing because it seems way more mobile uh, pun unintended than like what we've seen the mobile suits doing, but then it also just does the thing where like it gets into the Oris position, as someone might call it. Fuck you! Uh, and shoots <laughs> cannons at things, and it, it's cool. It's awesome. I'm, I'm never not going to be mad at that getting referenced. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, hate, I hate this. I hate this whole thing. <laughs> Demo- derailed my entire train of thought of being mad at you. <laughs> Uh, but no, uh, the I think the gu- I think the gun cannon's cool in this okay. bit. Yeah, uh, no, because yeah, like Amaro is basically in the lesser thing, fucking everyone up and desperately trying to uh, stop everyone from getting captured because it, it's looking bad for a moment there. Yeah, because Sailor should not have taken the Gundam. Like, come on! I don't know what you're thinking. We needed some drama yep. at this moment. That Gundam gets fucked up. It loses its foot. Yeah, yeah, I know. Loses a good chunk of its foot. <laughs> it loses its foot, and then, then after losing uh, the foot, she like surprised goes. The automatic stabilizers aren't working. I don't think she knows that the foot's gone. It's not like it's not like Evangelion where like she's injured when the Gundam takes damage. I mean, I assume that there's a display inside the thing of here's what. Clearly, working. she does not know what she's doing. <sighs> Like, Ramaral shows up and he's like, oh, an amateur pilot. That's disappointing. She, like, makes reference to having been in the simulators and learned the Gundo in order for this mission. Uh, but in, in practice, it's just terrible at everything. And, oh, I'm mad. Sailor, I thought Sailor was cool, not anime. <laughs> I, I think Sailor gets cool again. Okay. I just think this episode portrays her poorly. Yeah. I don't I don't remember 100%, but I remember Sailor mostly being cool. Okay. Because uh, then her like reason she gives for uh, doing this is like I wanted to prove that women could be just as good in mobile suits as men, which is uh, the dumbest lie. But Bright and uh, Mirai believe her. So <laughs> yeah. what does that say about them? I don't know. Like uh, to be fair, they're all su- they're all suffering assault imbalance. So <laughs> I looked this up. Uh, if you have a if you have a lack of salt in your body, it's called hyponatrium hyponatremia it is a serious condition it can cause confusion and headaches and uh poor balance nausea if it gets serious you can go into seizures and die it's a bad thing you need salt that's go figure the the way people figure this out is they realize like for long time medicine was like yeah obviously people have salt in them like we can tell tears are salty sweat is salty makes sense and then like uh like in the 1800s, this guy was like, "I want to find out what what happens if you don't have salt," and he just got four volunteers to go without salt. Oh no! I'll hold your wee for a wee. <laughs> yeah, they all got very sick. They didn't die, okay, but they all, all got right. very sick. Okay, so it's not like that at all then. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Thankfully, it is not like that. At all. But yeah, no, it's serious. Though I did notice that uh, at the beginning of the episode, when uh, the chef brings in breakfast for everyone, he's just bringing them hamburgers. And I wish I was eating hamburgers for breakfast. I mean, we both we would love it, but we'd be dead very quickly. But Amro gets like a tray with like vegetables. Looks like there's like potatoes and shit on there. Like he really does it up. Amro, Amro, yeah, the pilot is meant to be like having the best food so they can be ready so they can attack everyone and keep everyone safe. Uh, and Amro's like, oh, I guess I'll leave it later. I'm doing my machines. I'm helping the Gundam. Yeah. Fralbo just yep. over there in a the corner being ignored with Harrow, as I assume yep. she will be for this entire show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I do like that when everyone is like, let's get to battle stations, she bends down to tell the kids, uh, level one battle stations, as if the kids have assignments and know where to go. I assume they do. Those they kids totally seem do. like they know what the hell's they going on. They are way more helpful than any adults on that fucking ship. <laughs> That's I mean, they, they, didn't they, let, they let all the refugees off, right? Like, there's no more refugees. Yeah, like, it's basically just those three kids. <laughs> we thought we'd stay here in the dangerous situation because we like you. So, I assume that the kids didn't want to go, but also, like, I don't think those people they dropped off in that, like, bombed out field are doing well. Like, I bet those people were all fucking suffering, too. Well, didn't they give a bunch to um, Matilda? No, oh, they also gave a bunch well, to Matilda, yes. Yeah, Matilda, okay, yes. I keep getting everyone's, confused about everyone's names, but actually getting them right. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, so there's no more. So the refugee uh, load of the white base is over, but they still have the kids, and everyone's just on the white base now. Yep. And then, like, when they capture uh, Kozun, they're like, he's like, you're going to follow the uh, treaty about prisoner of war, right? And Bright's like, of course, but you're not going to get fed well. And he's like, don't worry, I'm used to it. None of us are fed well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it's really, like, just I his, like, laissez-faire attitude about it is so good. Because he, he comes out and they've all got the guns out and he's like, I don't give a shit. Just put, you're not going to kill me, right? All right, good. Okay, I'm going my cell now. Goodbye, everyone. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it's another moment of just, these are just like random lower level people who don't really care. Uh, mm. Like clearly this guy's higher up than the people at that other base because, you know, he's like personal friend of Rambaral. Uh but even Rambaral isn't like that. Even like he's just kind of someone employed by Xeon at this point, like and the way he's been portrayed, which I like yep. about him. Yeah, because we are introduced to an actual, like, giant officer of Xeon, which is Makuve, who runs these mysterious mines. Makuve is clearly the most evil character we've met so far. Like, he just comes in and he's, like, sneering and he's, he's like, all of the fancy lad that Garma is, but he's also ugly, so he's clearly evil. Oh, also, character he's introduced. He's also introduced by, like, knocking against his, like, crystal decanter to show how pure and crystal it is. It's uh, it's a lot. It's it's uh, as the kids say, extra. Also, he he has his guy lie to Rambarak because Rambarak contacts. And he's like, I'm here to talk to Makuve, and he's like, Makuve's not in. He told you to go. He wants you to go take care of the uh, white base. And Rambarak's like, Yep, Roger, Roger. And uh, <laughs> then that soldier just walks into the other room and is like, I told you, I told uh, Rambarak what you asked, Captain Makuve. Makuve's like, Yes, and twirls his non-existent mustache, <laughs> knocks his decanter. Is I guess the w- verb we'll use here. <laughs> Uh, I like that all that stuff happens at the start of the episode, but has basically nothing to do with the actual plot of, like, it's, oh, this will be the, the thing for the next few episodes as we yep. head towards this scheduled attack. Yeah, Which, I don't actually remember what the deal with the mines is, so I'm excited to find out. Um, I'm sure it's very nice and normal and good. Oh, yeah, I'm sure it's great. Uh, I'm sure it goes really well for the Earth Federation. Odessa Day. Yep. There's no possible way that this could be a terrible mistake that the Earth Federation are making. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what I'm talking about. Like, who this is episode see? 16 of 43. <laughs> the war's clearly about to end, and we're going to spend 20 episodes just hanging out. I mean, they don't say the war's going to end. They just say that the war's... It'll be of great strategic importance in the war. Yeah, I know. Because the line you give for any arc that is like just an arc of television, but you want to make it seem important in a show is, this could turn the tide of the war. But it won't. I watched a lot of Deep Space Nine. They did that like every other episode by the last season. Yeah, I know. (laughs) The tide's got to turn. Yep. I think that's all I've got this time. Uh, I think so too. I think so as well. No, one more thing. Uh, I like uh, Kai being all fucking shitty when... um, (laughs) 
uh, when Sailor comes back. About what exactly? Oh, I don't remember. I remember him being shitty, but I don't remember what he said. He's just, he's just like, oh, the, uh, the warrior return, the warrior girl returns. Basically, going, oh, oh you got right. the fucking Gundam. No. Uh, in mine, it's like, oh, the Valkyrie returns, which is a very specific and hilarious word choice. Okay, me. well, uh, thank you, uh, fan subber, for <laughs> you know, um, keeping that because the idea that she like fucked up the Gundam that seriously, and he's like, oh, our beautiful Valkyrie returns. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> That, that, I feel like that pegs Kai as a very specific type of person. Uh, yeah, no. Kai's great. Kai sucks yep. so much, but he's great. Uh, he sucks in a way that I feel like I would probably suck in this position. Yeah, like, oh, you blew, you blew the fucking Gundam, didn't you? Oh, great. Good job. Hey. <laughs> Check out this fucking guy. Uh, all right. That's going to be it for this time. Uh, come back next time for episodes 17 and 18. We're probably going to get more Rambaral. We're probably going to get more Makuve. Will we see Odessa Day? I don't actually know the answer. I'm going to say no. Hmm. Oh, you think it's always off? It's only five days away, so probably. Probably in the second episode. Okay. Uh, I don't know. I watched a little bit of the preview of the next episode, and it didn't look like Odessa Day happened in that episode. So, no, there's, they have a fucking Zeon uh, like officer on that ship that they've got to deal with. Yep, that is exactly what that episode seems to be. <laughs> yeah, about, I know. So I saw the beginning of the preview too. Okay, <laughs> just instantly like he's setting up a bomb and get escaping. <laughs> Yeah, because, like, the episode ends and it fades out and they've got the salt and everything's kind of solved. And then it's just like, oh, he's got a bomb. He's going to blow everyone up on the ship. And you're like, oh, okay, sure. See you next time. Yep. All right, that's it. We're, we don't do plugs here. So uh, please, thank you for supporting us, as always. Tell your friends. And we'll be back next week. Goodbye. All right, that's it. Goodbye. <laughs> 宇宙の彼方に輝く星はアムロお前の生まれたふるさとだ覚えているかい少年の日のことを温かい温もりの中で目覚めた朝をアムロ振り向くなアムロ宇宙の果てにきらめく星はアムロお前が捨てた故郷だ忘れはしない少年の日の誓いを青春をかけ守り抜けこの幸せを
振り向くな、アムロ。振り向くな、アムロ。男は寂しさ隠すもの、隠すもの。ただ明日へと、明日へと永遠に覚えているかい少年の日のことを温かいぬくもりの中で目覚めた朝を、アムロ。振り向くな